We'll continue, maybe finish up today. We'll find out what the Lord wants us to do as we continue in this series. We've been talking uh, about the power of prayer. The title of the series is Dynamic Declarations. Dynamic Declarations. James says in chapter 5, verse 16, that the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Say dynamic in its working. We've talked about that God wants us to be able to pray powerful prayers, prayers that produce results. And a part of that is learning that when we begin to pray in alignment with this type of prayer that it's talking about, there's a lot of different types of prayer in the Bible. I like to look at them almost like they are tools. You need to know what, what tool you need to pull out. There's prayer of intercession, prayer of faith, prayer of agreement, prayer, which worship, fellowship. And so James goes on and gives us a, a clearer picture of what particular prayer that he is referring to. And he refers to Elijah, how Elijah earnestly prayed that it wouldn't rain and the heavens dried up or stopped producing rain for three and a half years because he prayed that. But when you go to 1 Kings and find out how he prayed that, his prayer wasn't like a lot of our prayers when it comes to this type of prayer. A lot of our uh, prayers, if we're not careful, will have a tendency of saying, please help me, owe me, have mercy. And yet there's a different position, a stance in this prayer. In this particular prayer, we find that uh, Elijah basically said, it will not rain. Say, it will not rain. So he declared something in finality before it even started. Why would he do that? Was he just trying to show how important he was or how powerful he was? No, Elijah had found in the scriptures where God had already said. Look to your neighbor and say, God's already said something. And so Elijah found in scriptures where God had already said, if my people will obey me, I'll bless them. And one of the blessings was rain for their crops. And he said, but if you begin to turn from me and serve other gods, then I will, I will cause the heavens to shut up and you will have a drought. And so Elijah knew the spiritual condition of the people of God. They had turned from God. They were worshiping other uh, idols and other gods. And so what he did is he got into the alignment of the assignment of God's word. Yeah, Isaiah 55, 11 tells us that God's word as it goes forth out of his mouth, it will not return void, but it'll accomplish that to which it's sent. So there's an assignment when God speaks. His word doesn't just float out there. It accomplishes something. It's the word of the Lord. It begins to do. It begins to create. The moment God, when he wanted to create, and he, he said light, he didn't try to create it. He spoke it. He began to use his words. And the Bible tells us that because of that, that Jesus is, all things were created by him and for him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Challenge everything I say with the word of God. Some verses I'll throw on the screen. Some I'll give you the reference. Some I'll just quote because I want you to dig. And so we find that what Elijah was doing wasn't trying to make up something or look tough or be tough or act a different way. Elijah found out what God had already said under the condition of it. And because he had the position, he had the position of authority as a prophet to speak. He had the right to speak. And so why? Because the prophet would say what God was speaking from heaven to earth. And so he stepped into the anointing role that was already his. And he said, wait a minute, God has already created this condition and he has already spoke that. And so instead of me trying to recreate something new, I'm going to speak what God has already said. Amen. Instead of us trying to come up with something new, we need to find out what God has already said. 
because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he said it then, he's saying it now. Can I get an amen? And so what did Elijah do? He got into the alignment of the assignment of the Word of God. That Word is going forth, and instead of coming up with our own words and saying, God, bless my words. God, I'm going to do something. Bless the work of my hands. God, I'm going to try something. Bless my plans. He said, okay, God, I want to know what you're blessing. What are your plans? What are your assignments? What are your words? That's a whole different thing that happens a lot of times. In our Christian world, not everybody, but sometimes we've all dealt with that. We'll get into the habit of doing our thing and wanting God to fight for our battles that we created that wasn't even alignment with what he asked us to do. When you're doing what God asks you to do, then you're in the, the alignment of the, the direction of that word. Say, I'm getting into, come on, say, I'm getting into alignment with the assignment of God's word. So when we talk about faith confession or declaring God's word, it's just, and there's, again, there's weird people in any truth. Some people take it to weird places. It's not walking around and saying BMW 500 times till you get a BMW. That gets a little weird. What it is, is speaking what God has already declared about your life. Speaking the word, praying the word, uh, reading that word out loud and declaring it. What are you doing? I'm getting alignment. God, your word says, and you begin to speak God's word. Why? Because God cannot override your will. If he could override your will, he would make everybody get saved. If he could override your will, he'd make everybody give a tithe. Come on, somebody. If he could, if he would override your will, he would force you to do stuff. You know, you could walk and try to rob a store if you wanted after you came out of church, and you say, well, it must be God's will. He allowed it. No, just because it, it was allowed doesn't mean it was designed by God. It, it might be, look, oh, it was tolerated, so it must be okay. No, you need to find from the Word what God has already been saying about you, your life, your situation. The Bible says we can find ourselves in the midst of that book. We need to look and find out who we are according to the word. And Elijah spoke what God had already been speaking. Amen. Dynamic declarations. It's declaring God's word that has already been empowered. Yes. It's not saying God empower my words. It's like, God, what are you empowering? Right. Psalms 118, he watches over his word to perform it. Yes. Heaven and earth will pass away before God's word will fail. Yes. His word is the final authority. Can I get an amen? amen? So we need to get into the alignment of the assignment. The Word is working. Notice in that verse, working, dynamic, and it's working. Dynamic, and it's working. Say, the Word is working. Do you know, when we get in alignment with the Word of God, the assignment of the Word of God, when we're obeying God, there's a part of us that we're doing that we have to do, and there's a part of us that we got to let go and let God do. And we'll stress ourselves out trying to do what God is called to do when we're trying to do the impossible. Well, I'm trying to make the impossible happen. No, let God do the impossible. Let God do the impossible. It's dynamic and it's working. It's dynamic and it's working. It's dynamic and it's working. It's working and it's, it's just not a little work. It's a powerful work. It's dynamic. I'll say it this way. It's dynamically, it's working dynamically in you. His word is working dynamically for you. And he wants his word to work dynamically through you. Say, thank you, Father, that your word is working right now in me, for me, and through me. See, in me, for me, and through me. God's word is working in us. God's word is working for us. All right, Lord, I don't see, see this. It, I don't, can't map it out. Lord, I can't feel it. But Romans says, let's not be moved by what we feel here or see. Let's be moved 
you got to do something. Let the Lord show you what to do. But be moved by the Word of God. Be moved by the Word of God. And let the Holy Spirit create and show you what to do. On the practical even. Oh, God. And God says, well, you know what? Let's change, let's tweak this a little bit. Well, I didn't realize that. Well, that could have been the key to open up what already belongs to us. I've used this illustration before. All things he's given us, the Bible says, all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already done it. Already given it. it. I remember as a kid, you know, kids can really do some silly things. Especially if, if you're a new mom and you have a little boy. Boys are just weird. We just are. We do some weird stuff. And all the moms of boys said, Amen. Amen. If you don't have girls yet and you only have boys, don't use your childhood as a template to raise that boy. It just doesn't work. But I remember in class, uh, we would get rubber bands, and we would take rubber bands and put them around our wrist. And we would think it was cool to watch our hand turn colors and get and swell. Look at that. Oh, it's numb. Boys are just weird. And I could, if I had it where my hand was numb, and I was having trouble moving it, and it was swelling, and it was hurting, and I have a rubber band blocking the flow of the blood, I guess I could pray, oh, I know the problem, I need more blood in my hand. So God, send more blood in my hand. Put more blood in my hand, God, because it's, my hand's swollen, it's going numb, it's changing colors. Oh God, that's not right. Put more blood in my hand, Jesus. I could fast. I could pray. I could get people to agree with me. Oh Lord, we just, we thank you that right now you're putting more blood in Pastor Greg's hand so that numbness goes away. Or I could say, wait a minute, I need to see what the problem is. Maybe I don't need more blood. Maybe more blood created in my body is not the solution. Maybe I already have enough blood in my body for my hand. Maybe the solution is not praying for more blood into my hand. Maybe the solution is removing the blockage that's holding back what already belongs to me. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we're trying to add to the table instead of finding out who's taken away from the table. Wait a minute, God. You already have, you are are my shepherd, I shall not want. You are my provider. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. If something's not in alignment with what you said, you have already provided. Maybe it's not me trying to get more of it into my life. Maybe it's, all right, God, open my eyes to see what I need to see. If there's anything that's hindering your blessing, anything hindering my peace, anything hindering my health, Lord, show me. What about well, the prayers I've been praying is God, because Jesus talked about having eyes and not seeing and ears to, and not hearing. Basically, it's not that they couldn't physically see or hear, but they could not pick up the frequency of heaven. They, what God was doing, the plan of the Father on the earth was so amazing that Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, the Word became flesh, John 1, and all of a sudden is walking on the earth and speaking, and some people could see Him naturally but could not perceive Him spiritually. And so they missed out on what was available to them that was already provided for them. They missed out. They walked away. And it wasn't like God saying, you can't have it. It was there. It was already provided. And there's things in our lives that we miss out on sometimes. And this is a human nature thing. This is for all of us thing. And we have to be willing to say, all right, God, show me. What do I need to do different? God, what do I need to do? And one of my prayers is, God, let my eyes be anointed to see how heaven sees. 
God, let my ears be anointed so that I can hear what heaven is speaking and what heaven is saying. Let my hands and feet be anointed so I can do what heaven wants me to do. Just like the prophet who the servant came and said, out of, out of torment and fear, we have a problem. We have a big problem. There's an army that has surrounded this city and they're looking for you. And the prophet said, there is more force than against us. And the, the, the servant of the prophet, you can be close to the prophet, but that doesn't mean you're seeing what the prophet is seeing or what God wants you to see. Can you hear me? And so we got to learn to tap into it for ourselves and not always wait for somebody else. And he, the, the servant said, I, don't, I really don't, obviously there must have been some kind of conversation or bewilderment on his expression because all of a sudden the servant prayed, I mean the, the prophet prayed and he said, Lord, open his eyes to see. And all of a sudden, God answered the prayer of the prophet. And when the servant opened his eyes, he saw not just the army of the enemy, he saw an army of angels surrounding the man of God. Say, there's an army of angels surrounding the... Come on, say, there's an army of angels surrounding me today. I'm telling you, and I'm going to speak into your heart right now. You might not sense it. You might not feel it. But I'm telling you, there's a fiery army hedge of protection around you today. That you, every place you go, you might not feel a goosebump. You might not see things working out right now in the moment. But I'm telling you, the enemy sees it, and he's afraid of it. There is an army. The enemy might be trying to get to you, but he can't cross that, he can't cross that threshold because there is a fiery hedge of protection around you personally the, the enemy could only get to the city but the angels could surround the man the, the enemy could only find the city but the, the angels found the man of God and the, you could say also for you the woman of God If as a child of God the angels of God the Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him shout with me I have a fiery army of angels surrounding me today it's my hedge of protection against the enemy. How do I know that? Because it's been purchased by the blood of Jesus. It's the bloodline. It's the bloodline. God told Moses, have the people apply the blood. And when the death angel begins to show up, it will have to see the blood. And when it sees the blood, it has to move on. When it sees the blood, it has to move on. It has to pass over. That's what it's called, the Passover. It had to pass over. It couldn't stop. It couldn't dwell. When it sees the blood, I plead the blood of Jesus over your life today. And I decree every demon that has an assignment against you must cancel and pass over. He cannot get to you anymore in Jesus name the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus say thank you father for the blood say thank you for the blood shout thank you Lord for the blood give him a praise the word is working in you dynamically Let me go back to James chapter 5. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. Notice the position. Elijah operated within the context of his position. David operated within the context of his position. Do you When David fought Goliath, it wasn't just a good idea, I need to go challenge that. David had already been anointed by the prophet Samuel to be king. And although the physical reality had not yet manifested, he didn't have a crown. He wasn't sitting on a throne. 
But he had the anointing. And because he had the anointing, he had the position. And because he had the position, he now had an opportunity. See, so many people try for titles and try for positions instead of going for the anointing. If I get the anointing, the anointing brings me into position, and the position will create the opportunity. Because the anointing begins to change perspectives. The stronger the anointing, you'll, you'll change your perspective, how you see conversations, how you see situations. And when David was just bringing food to his brothers and to some of the soldiers, because he was following the instructions of his earthly father, he began to see, because he was just there obeying his earthly father, now all of a sudden something began to activate, and as the assignment of his heavenly father. Because he had already been anointed to be king. The purpose of the king is to bring order. Are you listening to me? The purpose of the king wasn't to be warm and fuzzy and make everybody feel good. The purpose of the king was to squash opposition and to bring order against the enemy. So when David shows up, he just didn't see a a loud, giant, scary soldier. He saw a cause. Where do you get the cause? From the anointing, from the assignment, from the position. Are you listening to me? I think anybody else, would have, if they would have charged Goliath, they'd probably been dead. And they knew it, so they, they hid. But something on that day stirred up within David. And David said, is there not a cause? He was so stirred on the inside. Why? Because it was the gift, the calling, the position, the anointing of king began to stir up on the inside of him. And when he faced the natural king, he didn't say, I belong there. No, his focus wasn't, I'm going to get that chair or that position or that job. He began to say, listen, king, I'm going to deal with this problem for you. Because the anointing is a burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Are you listening to me? The Bible says the burden is removed and the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. And so that anointing stirred, that, that anointing that was on him, all of a sudden began to stir on the inside of him. And he said, wait a minute, is there not a cause? What did he do? He activated within the position of the authority he was given by God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Let me bring all those two thoughts into this one thought. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a... Fill that verse on the screen if you would for me. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a... Now, a righteous person, righteous man, righteous woman, righteous person. That's a position. That's a position. You are the righteousness of God because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You know what the devil tries to do? He tries to get you out of position in your time of prayer. He tries to off-kilter you. When you go to pray or begin to declare the word or speak the word, what does he do? He gets you to focus on who you used to be or what you used to have done. Come on, somebody. We're, we're getting back in position today because that's important. It's just not you saying something, but you know who you are in him. That it's about him and not about you. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Say, I'm righteous because of Jesus. You know the old thing of someone saying, oh, you think you're better than me. You're just... Mr. or Mrs. Righteous, not because of me, but because of him. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. Say, I'm not who I used to be, but I am who God's created me to be. There, will, there is an attack on the position of your, your position of righteousness, and it's an attack to, to offset you from authority. Even in the Bible it says, No weapon, have you heard this verse before? No weapon formed against you will prosper. 
But then it goes on, and it says, every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That's good, but it doesn't stop there. It says, for this is your right, your heritage, your righteousness is of and from me, saith the Lord. So what enables me to stand in a position of protection protection is saying, wait, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I condemn it right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's not about me. My righteousness is of God. See, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, I, I curse and cancel every weapon assignment against you. I decree no weapon formed against you individually or this church corporately will prosper. And every word that rises up against you or us corporately, every word that rises up against us in judgment, we condemn it in the mighty name of Jesus because of the righteousness, the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? If you agree with that, take the next 10 seconds and give the Lord a lot of praise and hand clap. James chapter 1, verse 23 says, for if, any, for if anyone only, this is Amplified Translation, for if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, he is like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in a mirror. Where? In a mirror. Where? In a mirror. Sees his natural face in a mirror. Did you look in the mirror this morning? Some of you should. We just want to encourage you. It's a good thing to do. Verse 24, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately, what does he do? Forgets what he looked like. So a person who just hears the word and doesn't get into the alignment of that word by believing and obeying, who just hears the word is as a person who sees themselves in a mirror. Now he's using the natural face in a uh, natural mirror. But you could say, when, I, when you begin to look into the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God, you'll begin to see who you were created to be, not who you used to be. Amen. You'll see, who God see how God sees you, not how the doctor sees you. You'll see yourself how God sees you, and not how your bank account sees you. Come on, somebody. Amen. A person who just hears the Word... And goes away, it's like a person who sees himself in the mirror, and when they walk away, they forget what they look like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides in it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he will be blessed and favored by God and what he does in his life of obedience. What is that telling me? I have to keep reminding myself by hearing the word and obeying it, get into the alignment of the assignment of the word, allows me to remember who I am in God, who I am in Christ. Who are you? What does the Bible say about you? Does the Bible say you're the healed of the Lord? You are blessed going in, blessed coming out. You're the head and not the tail. What Psalms 1, whatever you put your hands to shall prosper. Well, these are things that the word of God says about you. And if we're not careful, we'll get caught up with the trouble and not with the truth. Mm. And the devil does that by getting us focused on our past of who we used to be, not who God's created us to be. It's called, if you've never heard this word before, it's called condemnation. Have you ever felt condemned about something you did? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I know. I wish I would have never done that. I know. 
I'm so embarrassed that I did that. I know. Oh, I'm looking so bad now in front of people. I know. But you know what? No one's perfect. But 1 John 1 tells us, listen, if anybody says they've never sinned, they're a liar and truth is not in them. But when you sin, if you sin, it doesn't mean you, can, you have a right to live in sin. But if you sin, if you confess your sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive you and notice, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So the blood and forgiveness brings you back into the place of righteousness. Romans 8, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're going to take communion in a few minutes. Hebrews 9, 14 tells us that the blood of Jesus purges your conscience of dead works so you can serve the living God. What does that mean? The blood of Jesus will cut, another translation says, like scissors, cuts the very remembrance of your past sins so that you can serve God with all your heart. So you can stand in position and begin to speak the word in confidence. Why? And when the devil says, well, this is all because 20 years ago, this is, has the devil ever messed with you? Trying to, you try to reverse engineer what caused the problem or why did you, it's the, it's the condemnation to get you out of position of authority so you don't speak the word with confidence. Because you feel, oh, I don't, I don't deserve it, I'm not righteous. What's happening? Condemnation. Hebrews 12.2, in, in closing, Hebrews 12.2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so does easily beset us. Let us lay aside not only weights and sins, not only sins, but weights. Anything that would hinder you, lay it aside, lay it aside, lay it aside. Just like Paul, when he came out from being shipwrecked and got on on uh, to a fire to warm himself up, and a snake came out and bit him, and everybody thought, oh no, he's in trouble, he's dead. What did he do? The Bible says he shook off the snake back into the fire. He sent it back. He sent it back into the flames. Not only did he not die, but all of a sudden when they saw that God restored him and he didn't die, they began to recognize that this guy is different. I'm telling you what the enemy is meant for evil, God's getting ready to turn it to, for good on your behalf. You got to be willing, even that condemnation, it is a spirit, it is a demon from hell that will begin to condemn you and weigh down your mind and tell you you don't deserve it, you're not worth it. You got to begin to shake that thing off and say, no, you're not hooking on to me today. I don't want that venom in my system today. I'm going to send it back to hell in the name of Jesus and begin to say what God says. Get the word. Say, I am the, thank you, Father. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What are you doing? You're speaking the word into your situation. We're going to look at this. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so does easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Get your eyes off your past. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, Jesus, uh, God in Christ Jesus. What am I doing? We need to not dwell on what we've done in the past and who we used to be. Begin to turn and say, all right, God, what do you want me to do today? Where are you taking me today? What decisions I need to make today? Well, I'm going to begin to look future-minded, eternal-minded, destiny-minded, and not past problem-minded. Can I get an amen? I'm going to step back into my position that belongs to me. Shout, I'm the righteousness of God. Come on, shout, I'm the righteousness of God. I, come on, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you hear me? 
But I, no, 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 don't work about where you've been, what you saw, what you felt, what you're feeling. Begin to turn. Say, I'm turning it. You got to have that mental decision. I'm going to turn away from that. And I'm going to begin to speak what God is saying about my life, about my situation. And I'm going to begin to look to do what he's doing and wants me to do. Why? Because the word is working dynamically in you, for you. And it doesn't stop there, but also through you. Amen. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here today and say, Pastor, I do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And the way you perceive, the way you understand, the way you process, is Jesus Christ real to you today? If he's not, he can be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, in this packed auditorium. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know him. I'm maybe, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I used to know him, but I've allowed stuff to come between me and God, I know my, and I know my heart's not right. And I want to get my heart right with the Lord today. If either one of those are you, I want you to follow this prayer I'm about to pray. Romans, Romans 10 says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Revelation 3, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open up, I'll come in. Let's give him an opportunity to do what only he can do. Maybe you've been trying to clean yourself up so you can get ready to get saved. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Let's trust him. Let's, let's believe him. Let's obey him. Let this prayer come from your heart. Say with me, Father God, I turn to you today. I repent of all my sins. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in, my, wash me in your blood, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. Say, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I ask you to save me. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Amen. Now look up here. If you prayed that prayer and you say, Pastor, that was me. You were praying with me today. Just so I know who I was praying with, at the count of three, I want you to simply lift your hand in the air. Some of you are bold. You'll be quick to do it. Some are maybe hesitant, but I want to encourage you. I'm going to speak a blessing just over your lives, those who will do that. Because I believe that there's a tenacity that's got to come back into the house of God and the church in the last days. We have to be the light. It's, sometimes it's hard to say, I don't want anybody to see or know. But then how do we get out in the world and stand up for Jesus when people are trying to pull our hand down? Amen. And so I'm going to, I'm going to speak a blessing of supernatural strength. The Bible says that God wants to empower you, strengthen you by his spirit in the inner man. And I want to speak that blessing over your life. But that'll be for those who are saying, Pastor, that was for me. I prayed that prayer, and I've just given my heart to the Lord. Maybe first time, or either way, coming back. But at the count of three, if that was you, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three. Who was I praying with? I see the hand. God, keep them up. I second hand, third hand. God bless you. Fourth hand. Anybody else? Fifth hand. Sixth hand. God bless you. Seventh hand. God bless you. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve, thirteen. Amen. Keep them up. Keep up. Fourteen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I see the hand. Thank you. 
three in the, in the coffee house. Amen. Keep your hands up. 15. Keep your hands up real high. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone who's got their hand raised, I thank you, Father God. Heaven is celebrating. Your word tells us that heaven is celebrating. Father, I seal them with the blood of Jesus. I sanctify and seal them right now. And Lord, I just ask, according to your word, that you would strengthen them with might by your spirit in the inner man. Let them be strong on the inside like never before by the anointing of your presence. We thank you for that. And everyone said, God bless you. Give them a hand clap again.